On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we will preview a big heavyweight matchup over on ESPN where Chris will be part of the call. We have some headlines to get to. Spence and Thurman at 154 pounds. Anthony Joshua, I think, has a new trainer. Fury and Usyk inching closer. And a slew of fights uh, were announced over this past week. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. This is a product of John Boy Media, Dan Canobio, Chris Algieri, the former world champ, uh, looking sharp on location. He can't share with us where he is just yet. Um, giving a little bit of hints away with the, with the shirt. Uh, what's going on, Chris? How's everything going? Everything's good. Everything's good down here in South Florida. Still got some good weather, but uh, yeah, been a bit, bit a busy week. A lot of, lot of on stuff, on uh, on set stuff, but good things coming up. Talking a lot of boxing, I'm, I'm sure what you're doing uh, over there. So we're gonna talk some more boxing here, uh, and let's get right into it. Uh, biggest story of the week in the boxing world is a fight that we kind of knew was coming, and that's Errol Spence and Keith Thurman. But there was a little bit of a, a wrench thrown into this, and that is the fight happening at 154 pounds. I don't think anyone saw that coming. We saw Spence kind of flirting with 154, talking about it nonstop. Uh, when the fight with Crawford broke down, we said, oh, great. Does this mean Spence is not going to move to 154? Crawford's also talked about going up to 154 to fight uh, Charlo. What was your initial thoughts on this? Because I have my, my thoughts too, but the – I don't think the fight was surprising. I think the 154 pounds is what fans are like, what? Like, what are we talking about here? Spence is a champ at, at 147. Like, why is he fighting at 154 in a non-title fight against Keith Thurman? I like the fight. You know, like you said, this is not a surprise that this is this is the matchup. Um, that's all good. I like the fight. I think it's a it's a, another good litmus test to see how good Spence is and how above and beyond the other competition at 147 there is and how much we definitely need the Crawford fight. But the fact that it's at 154 tells me that pessimistic Chris has come, this is rearing his head, that Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence is never happening. And it's definitely not happening at 147. I can't imagine that Spence at 32 years of age moving up to 54, like you said, I've been talking about forever, is going to fight Thurman at 54 and then move back down to 47 to defend his titles and then unify with Crawford. I just don't see that realistically happening. So if that's the case, and I, I agree, uh, you don't go backwards when you're at that weight uh, and at that age. Um, he does have 60 days after the fight is over with Thurman to renegotiate a fight with Crawford. The WBA is allowing him um, to make a non-title defense at 154 pounds so there is a window for them to salvage uh the fight most fans don't care at this point um i still want to see spence and, and crawford fight let me ask you this spence and crawford do fight and it's at 154 pounds instead of 147 for all the belts does does that change your thoughts on the fight does it lose some of its luster in your opinion yes Dramatically changes the fight. We're not seeing the unification at 147 that we want. We're not seeing both men at their ideal weight classes. This would, and if they do fight at 54, that's going to be Crawford's fourth weight class. Wow. Spence is second, right? Crawford 35, yep. 40. World champion uh, at 35, uh, undisputed at 40. 47 world champion. Yeah, then he's going to fight Spence at 54. Well, we don't know if there's going to be no title on the line there because Charlo has all the belts, but. 
Right. It's interesting so, how. So yeah, the the, the luster of the fight is is absolutely tarnished if if they happen to happen at fifty four rather than forty seven. What a mess! I mean, what a mess all yep. around. Like welterweight division, we've talked about this numerous times on the show, is one of the most glamorous divisions in the sport, and we have no idea what's going on in it right now. We have a unified titleist going up to 154. We got a guy in Crawford has one defense over the last 15, 16 months. Uh, we got all these young guys in, in, in line waiting for their chance and, and not getting their chance. Um, along with 160, these are two of the, the strangest weight classes that for years have been uh, the weight class that we always thought we could, we could depend on. I do think this is the end at Spence at, at 147. Um, you know, he has said numerous times to anyone that wanted to listen, I'm my own boss. Uh, I will never fight Keith Thurman, ever. I don't like the guy. He's corny. Um, I'm my own boss. I don't have to do it. Well, clearly that's thrown out the window here because there's no one else for Spence to fight where it would make sense for it to be a pay-per-view. And it, I do like the fight. I do. Um, do I think it's happening two years too late? Yes. Do I still think it will be a, a fun fight for however long it lasts? Yes. Do I think Spence is going to win this fight pretty convincingly? Yes. And that's mostly because... Keith Thurman is a part-time fighter. I know he calls himself one-time. I think he should be Keith part-time because look at his look, go to his pull up his <laughs> box wreck. It's absurd. He has his last fight. And think how much we cover and we follow this sport. I had to think in my mind. It's like wait, he fought Mario Barrios, but I'm pretty sure he had another fight since then. No, like I couldn't even think of when Keith Thurman's last fight was. And I spent every day following this sport. His last fight was in February of last year. Before that, it was Pacquiao in July of 2019. Before that, it was Jose Ciro Lopez, which was like 2018. Or He has like five fights in the last five years. I don't know what to make of this. Like, I don't know if there's an appetite for this fight in terms of people buying it. It's great that Spence is back, and every time Spence fights, I will tune in. Love to watch Earl Spence fight. But like the, the overwhelming response that I've gotten on social media and from fight fans was like, we don't care about this fight. We care about Spence and Crawford still. Yeah, and I, I think I don't think that's going to change much as we get closer. But I do think once it's in the rear view, that it's going to be an important matchup because that's the last of the, of that guard. Keith Thurman is the last of that 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 welterweight landscape that we used to see. Porter fought both guys. Mm-hmm. He lost to both. He's retired. He's no longer there. Um, you know, Spence came up with those guys. You know, the Danny Garcia, the Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, Errol Spence. Those those guys. Pretty much have all gone the wayside. Thurman, who his career may have been extended because he hasn't been fighting as often, is still around. So it's one of those four kings that needed that needed to get his head lopped off by by Spence in order to close out that that era. It's that's I was just thinking that that too on the drive into work today. It's like all these guys have all fought each other. It took a, several years for it to happen. I think twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. I could be wrong. Maybe 2016 is the first time one of them squared off. I think it was um, Danny Garcia versus Thurman. And then I kind of set off a domino effect where it went on for years and years up until last year where um, Crawford fought Porter. Like Sean Porter fought all of them. Crawford uh, did not fight all of them because he was frozen out uh, with top rank. But, you know, all those combinations have all fought each other. We've not gotten the Spence versus Thurman fight. And it got me thinking about – like the PBC in general, like they, what I'm thinking about who they have left in terms of star power, because Thurman, obviously on his way out. We just talked about that. Spence now, I still ha- has a few good years uh, left in it. Uh, Wilder is getting up there. 
in age. They don't have as many prospects uh, that Matchroom has, and they don't definitely don't have as many prospects as Top Rank has. Like they have these big names, and they can throw out a fight like um, Spence and Thurman, and then their household names for for boxing fans. But it's like, all right, what, what about in the next like two, three years? What about the next three to five years? Like, who's coming up the ranks that are signed with Al Heyman and, and PBC? They have a lot of big names, but they're names that are well above thirty. Well, will PBC still be here in three to five years? That's that's a whole other question. Well, I think um, they will. You know, the, yeah, with the way the boxing is going, you never know. It's the wild, wild west, and, and that's kind of always the case. Um, but things are changing. The sports changing. Uh, streaming came in and changed a ton of things. Then you've got these massive networks like DAZN coming out of nowhere and, and, and taking over. Um, you know, so uh, things are changing. Things are changing, and it's. I'm curious to see how some of these these companies, these promotional companies, move with the wave. Um, and I think some of them might get toppled. And we've seen we've seen a lot of promoters get toppled recently, between you know the change in the, in, in in the um, in the business itself as well as COVID and, and a number of different things. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting time, and, and it's impossible to tell the future. I also want to know what it means for the Tank Ryan pay-per-view, because that's supposed to be April, and they're talking about Spence Thurman being April, too. Um, something we've seen from networks is they don't really like uh, to put two pay-per-views in the same month. Uh, this would be mm-hmm. a PBC, uh, two PBC pay-per-views, because um, Showtime is taking over the uh, telecast for Tank versus Ryan if that happens April 15th. You got to figure Spence Thurman will happen either two weeks before that or at the end of the month. That's another thing to keep in mind too. It's like, are they going to put two pay-per-views on at the same time? If if I'm Ryan Garcia, I'm like, what is going on here? Because I missed out on a um, a tune-up fight or a, a fight in in January because you guys assured me that this fight was happening um, with Tank. If they push that fight back to May or June, that's not good for anybody for a fight yeah, that no one dealing, wants. You, then you're also dealing with the Cinco de Mayo Canelo pay-per-view card right so, he's fighting john Ryder. Yeah, looks like right and that's that's likely that's likely to happen and that, that's definitely going to be that that single to my weekend um and we're talking about pay-per-views we're talking about eyes we're talking about interest you, you don't want to mess you don't want to bump heads with with canelo especially return um after his surgery and he's been off for a while yeah i mean it's good when we have these big fights but it's not good when they're all they all there's paywalls in front of all of them and you're gonna have to start picking and choosing as a fan based on your 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 bankroll, what you're gonna pay for and what and what you're gonna catch on YouTube highlights later. Yeah, p- fans want. Sucks. Yeah, no, fans want to see Tank Ryan. That takes precedent over pretty much every fight on the schedule coming up because it's it's new. It's if fresh. it happens, April. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, still sticking with. I I'm not sure that fight's happening. I just saw Ryan Garcia on another show and he was talking about. Um, it's hundred percent happening. It's uh, I got mm-hmm. my the contractor there. We just have to figure out a date. We're figuring out the undercard. Uh, no news there yet. Uh, as we record this, there have not. I'm waiting for that official Showtime email with a date, uh, with at least one undercard on it, with a a venue, uh, for Tank Ryan. And I'm booking. We're booking our flights. Uh, and we'll head out there. So that was some surprising news, Spence Thurman. Um, yes. Overall consensus is, I like the fight. I think it's two years too late. Hate that it's at 154. Doesn't make any sense. Um, what's going to happen in the next 60 days after that fight when it comes to the other guys at, at 147, like the Boots and the uh, Stanionis, Virgil Ortiz, who have been waiting patiently for these two to fight, waiting patiently. And that, for fi- these... that fight just fell out too. It, it, it fall, it, it's going to happen. It just got pushed back. Stanionis, uh, what do you got, appendectomy? Appendectomy, yeah. I got that one right. I'm surprised I was able to get that word right in the first try. Nice. 
Killed nice that. Job. Nice yeah. job. Dr. Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan reporting every day. Um, uh, what does it Dr. mean? Dr. Dan, the, the, the eternal optimist. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm, I think I'm slamming the, sh- the door shut on, on Spence Crawford, finally. Um, and if it does happen at 154, it's, it's like – it does lose its luster. And it's weird because fans – say they don't care about belts right like belts don't matter there's too many belts uh that shouldn't matter it should be about the two fighters that are in the ring giving us a quality fight like it probably will be a, a better fight at 154 because they'll be more towards their natural weights at, yeah. especially at their advanced uh not advanced age but in terms of being an athlete but i still wanted to see some like who's the guy at one at 147 like who was the best welterweight we just talked about errors right who is the best welterweight of this era that's about to be the door slammed shut on it? If it hasn't already been shut, because these two aren't fighting at 147. They're fighting at 154. So you can make a case that this last era of welterweights that you were a part of, too, fighting at 147, we will never know who's the best of it. Like, it will rage on forever, and that just sucks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you have to compare those two, but it, it's so difficult because a lot of people are like, ah, you know, they're, they're big Terrence Crawford, fan, but he's got one belt. And not only does Spence have three belts, but he beat all the champions to get the belt. That's impressive. That's one of the most impressive things about Spence is he able, he you know, he beat Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, um, Kel Brook. Right. You know, he got these, Kel Brook, we didn't mention him earlier. He's a part of that Absolutely. welterweight guard. He fought all those guys as well. And he was a very, very good fighter. He beat Sean Porter, the first guy to ever beat him. Um was a legitimate world champion in one of the toughest weight classes. And, you know, the guy that Spence won his first world title from. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, Kelbrook is in that mix, too. Spence fought them all. The only one he didn't fight is Crawford. And the only belt he doesn't have is that WBO. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We'll see what happens after they fight. Uh, it's supposed to be sometime in April. There's a 60-day window um, for Crawford. It's not a lot of time. <laughs> it's a He's 60... back down and wait now. Yeah, I, him going back and down. The, and in this era, these guys, guys at this level don't fight that often anyway. It would have to be at the end of the year. Yeah. It would have to be a late, you know, December pay-per-view between Spence and Crawford. Maybe it does happen at 154. Um, there are options for them at 154. They're running out of options for them at 147. It's very clear. Um, we just talked about that at, at length. Um, there are a lot of options for Spence at 154. There are a lot of options for Crawford at 154. There's some new names, new uh, battles uh, for them. But that's not what fans want to see. Fans want to see some... Uh, an ending they wanted to see them uh, step into the ring so that was the biggest news of the week uh, Spence and Thurman um, how about a little fight preview uh, you'll be traveling to Turning Stone uh, pack your winter coat uh, it's going to be cold you're leaving sunny Florida uh, on the call with you're going to be with um, Puncher. Puncher my girl CP CP Christina Puncher yeah love that ESPN International ESPN Plus this is on regular ESPN I actually like this card a lot <clears throat> it's very even matchup if you go to DraftKings it's like they're pretty much like I think Shaw Stefan Shaw versus FA Jogba and he, Shaw's technically the B side but he's the favorite in this yeah. fight Guido Vianello versus Johnny Rice another really close heavyweight Good fight. fight I like these aren't like guys that are going to be knocking on the door for heavyweight uh, titles but this is fun heavyweights on regular ESPN on a Saturday night. I think that's what it's all about. So Stefan Shaw, F.A. Ajagba. Um, Ajagba, obviously, uh, one of boxing's brightest prospects for a while. Uh, he lost to Frank Sanchez in October 2021. Uh, he says he's healthy for the first time in a long time. He had surgery on both elbows, which I found interesting. Ooh. 
Since he's fully healthy now, um, he's going to step in there, late replacement against Stefan Shaw, who I've been able to cover a lot of fights um, on the Bella Broadway boxing circuit. This guy has been waiting for this opportunity, and this is a huge step up for Stefan Shaw versus F.A. Ajagba. Yeah, it, this this gives me shades of old Friday Night Fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when, when you've got even matchups, good fights, not that upper echelon level, not the world championship level guys, that not, at least not yet, not the elites, but also not not the prospect fighting a cab driver that he's going to completely wash wash out. You know, these these are good fights. They're fun fights. Uh, they're the kind of fights that you turn on and then you're like, you're watching, oh man, I got I to gotta call a friend. You know, turn this fight on. It's a good fight. So uh, boxing has been missing this for a while, and it, it's cool that that top-ranking ESPN are able to put this kind of card together. And, um, yeah, it, it's exciting. I, I'm going to have the best seat in the house, so I'm happy about that. We always – the thing with the heavyweight division, it's like you might you – know, like F.A. Jogba was on that trajectory to maybe getting a mm-hmm. title shot, but then he fought um, Sanchez, and that was kind of like a prospect versus prospect or contender versus contender, one must go. And it was a Jogba that went. But then um, the thing with Shaw is he, he's been waiting for this. Like this, is, He has put together a pretty, I would say protected, but like a very cautious resume. Like he fought uh, Joey uh, DiGiacquo. Uh He won that in, in eight rounds. He fought Rydell Booker. I called he stopped, that fight. He stopped Duico too, which is not, not common. Right, in the last round. I was at the I called the fight where he fought Rydell Booker, who goes the distance with everyone, broke his nose, yeah. broke Rydell Booker's nose and, and he's and he, he got the win. He's very meticulous, Shaw. Like the one thing about him is like he doesn't throw in combinations. He kinda looks at one shot and I would I would like to see him be be a little more aggressive. But I do think like he can win this fight. Like he's a favorite on the books, which doesn't always mean everything. But like if he wins this fight and the thing with the heavyweight division, it's like Anthony Joshua's looking for an opponent right now. <laughs> you could be one call away in the heavyweight division right now. Look at Jermaine Franklin getting a, a shot against uh, in his last fight against uh, White. Like, if you are a guy with an O, if you are a uh, American heavyweight like like Stephen Shaw, if you are someone that's already signed with a powerful promoter, uh, co-promoted by Top Rank and, and with the Bella, you win this fight. Like, you're in the running for one of these guys or, or another step up and more money. That's what it's all about. So that's why, like, one reason for, for fans that you tune in because I think both sides are, like, very hungry in this fight. Yeah, and you, and you said it. When you're a heavyweight with an O, there is an opportunity to to skyrocket into those up echelons to just be an opponent and make big money. And that's that's one of the reasons that managers and promoters would like to get behind heavyweights, especially when they're undefeated and especially if they're American, because the the, the ability to make money is, is one fight away. It's one win away. So, you know, these guys are, are there. Again, like you said, they're not the elite-level guys, but – they could find themselves across the ring from one of those elite level guys and looking at elite paychecks as well. Yeah, that's what Shaw wants. I've gotten to know him over the years, just like waiting, 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 waiting. And now he's stepping up because this was supposed to be Oscar Rivas versus Jagba. And I think it was supposed to be Shaw versus Guido Vianello, who was on the undercard. Ooh. Guido Vianello. Those are good fights too. Guido Vianello, what a name. Uh, Italian heavyweight uh, fighting Johnny Rice, who has been in there with some with some names. Um Johnny's tough. <laughs> Johnny Rice is a big, guy. big dude. Huge. Yeah. Throws a lot of punches. Uh, is always in fun fights. That shouldn't go. That should not go around. Look at Johnny Rice. Where is he? Uh, I'm trying to pull up his his uh, box rec. But that's the um, undercard. Uh, co-main. Adam Lopez, Abraham Nova. That might steal the show. Like that fight. Like that fight a lot. 
both guys. I, mean, I like Adam Lopez always. Whenever he fights, he's always in a good fight. Who Whether knows? he's fighting, literally, he could be fighting like a, a journeyman type guy. It's the fun. The fight's fun, and he could be fighting a former world champion, and and he's always going to put on a good show. Um, win, lose, or draw, it, the fight's going to be exciting. So that's over on ESPN. Fun heavyweight fights. Um, kind of a crossroads fight between Abra- uh, Adam Lopez and Abraham Nova. Um, also fighting this week, KSI. Over on his own. KSI is, is fighting um, not. You can hear the excitement in my voice. Not Dylan Dennis. He's fighting like some someone stepped in. Dylan Dennis pulled out, which we talked about in, in phase or something. Phase, phase temper, phase something. That's over on the zone. Um, they just signed a five-year extension. Uh, Misfits Boxing and the zone. A five-year uh <coughs> continuation of what they do over there so if you want to check that out that's something that's going on this weekend um yeah that's, that's what's going on there how about some headlines uh before we say goodbye uh anthony joshua someone we like to discuss on this show someone the entire boxing world likes to dissect and figure out looks like he's gonna be hiring Derek james uh we saw a photo surface of the two of them together Derek james consensus 2022 trainer of the year got spence he's got charlo he's got frank martin um awesome trainer runs a great camp but what's stuck out here is that anthony joshua will be doing a full camp in the u.s that's something all media and i've seen it all over not just us here on the show it's like this guy needs to get out of his comfort zone this guy needs to come over to the u.s and not just window shop and 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 kind of helicopter in but like do a full camp in the u.s like where Derek james is the boss Kind of like what Robert Garcia said. So that's encouraging, at least on, on, on that stand. Do you think Joshua and Derek James is a good fit? Yes, I do. I mean, Derek James has been pretty much the consensus trainer of the year for good reason. Um, you know, obviously he's been able to pull things out of, of, of his guys and, and brought them to the highest level. Um, I've never worked with him myself. I've been across the ring from him, but you know, beyond that, I, I don't know that much about his, his coaching style, but I do believe that he will be a boss. I think he will be a leader in the camp. And I think that that's what Anthony Joshua needs at this point. He needs a little bit of a, a kick in the kick in the seat of the pants and, and, uh, and be told what to do and, and do things a little bit different, get out of his comfort zone uh, because some changes need to be made in that camp. And you're not going to make changes when you're fighting in your backyard in your own gym and your, your nice fancy British gym. <laughs> I think getting out of there, going to, going to the heat of Texas and, and, and dealing with new faces and new dogs in the gym, that's yeah, I think thing. is going to be re- really important. Yeah, like getting, that energy and the atmosphere yeah. that's going to be in there with those guys, with the Charlo brothers, with Spence, these guys getting ready for fights, that's going to be a, a new energy for him. And I, I think he needs that because he needs a new energy in his career. The thing with Derek James is, you know, his fighter, just look at his fighters. Like, Jamal Charlo doesn't mind mixing it up, taking one to, to land one. Um Spence stands in the pocket, throws 80 punches around. Uh, obviously, if you stand in the pocket like that and you throw 80 punches around, like you're going to get hit. Joshua doesn't like to get hit. I know no fighters like to, to get hit, but some less than others or some are more willing. That right there gives me a little hesitation, gives me a little pause. Like It's great that he, he's hiring a new trainer. It's great that he's doing the full camp. I need to see, like, it, it ultimately it's going to come down to Joshua and, and what type of fighter he is and we're still trying to figure out what type of fighter he is when he's 33 years old um 
Is he going to be someone that's willing to stand and trade like he did early on in his career? Or is he going to be this yeah, like, like – like he used to be. Right. Or is he going to be this what he's been the last three or four years is like a jab first, uh, cautious type of heavyweight. That's going to be interesting to see. That's where I think James will come in and really earn uh, you know, his paycheck in this. So if you can get Joshua back to being a little more offensive-minded, back to being that dog, or we'll see if Joshua even has that in, in him. You know what I mean? I look at this comparatively to, you know, basically just one gener- one heavyweight championship generation behind us, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, who, when we first came out, hands down, it, we got the you know, the next be- best great heavyweight. And then he, he faltered quite a bit. I, I don't know if you remember. He, yeah. he ran out of gas against Lehman Brewster. Or he gets... Um, you know, he, he gets stopped. He, it, this, that, it's, it's, it was bad. It was all bad. He was and dominating, was but it wasn't off. like aesthetically pleasing. Right. That too. But then he, he, he turned a corner and he changed his style because he, he had to figure out the gas tank thing. He had to figure out the chin thing. Once they figured that out, then they had to, then they had to tackle his style, which was not aesthetically pleasing. American fans are not buying it. Um, and then later to his career, he became a, a one punch destroyer. He would spend an entire round just jabbing and, he would throw one right hand in the fight we went. And that I mean that's that's ideal. That's that's master boxing. That's that's what we want, especially in a heavyweight. Anthony Joshua needs to fight like that. In heavyweights, you can't sit there and trade. Heavyweight punch is too much. Any any anybody can knock anybody out. I don't think Derek James is gonna is gonna employ the same tactics that he utilizes for his 47, 54 pounders. You know, tons of punches, stay in the pocket, get hit to trade, you know, hit the hit be hit. Not not hit to be hit, but be willing to yeah, risk willing. it in order to land your own shots. Um you can't do that with heavyweight. You especially can't do that with Anthony Joshua. But also with with the physical gifts that Joshua has in terms of his boxing ability and 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 his physicality, you know, he doesn't need to get hit. And I think if they they can pull if, if Derek James can pull that out of him, we might see that kind of change that we saw in, in Vladimir Klitschko back in back in the late nineties, early two thousand. That's gotta be the best stable right now in boxing if Joshua joins it. Like, come yeah. on, man. Look at that. That's so much talent. But one thing I would say about uh, Jamel Charlo, who's under Derek James, is he doesn't throw a lot of punches, and he, he made a change uh, about five years ago where he started sitting down more on his shots and became this, mm-hmm. like, extreme knockout artist. One of the best knockout punchers in the game is, is Jamel Charlo, and he does it on, like, 35 punches around. So maybe, you know, and James is a big part of that. So maybe he can get Joshua to do that and find that, that balance that you just talked about that Klitschko found uh, in the second half. Uh, of his career uh heavyweights is one division that we talked about at length we always talk about and we talked about how we want it to be more movement um wilder's coach um, malik scott pretty much said andy ruiz is going to be next uh i think we can both agree we like that fight fury versus mm-hmm. Usyk, getting good headlines there uh good momentum there, inching closer and a big um reason and a, and a, a big reason for that is the ibf rescinded uh their mandatory they wanted um, I think it was Usyk to fight uh, Hergovic, who beat mm, mm-hmm. Zhang. And that was going to get in the way of this four-belt unification. As some, There's always one of these trinkets getting in the way. And they're like, nope, we're going to rescind that. So that leads me to believe that we're getting close to an agreement uh, for Fury and Usyk. So Fury, Usyk, Wilder, Ruiz, Joshua doing his thing with – we talked about that last week – top 10 heavyweight first in April and Dillian White in, in in June. They're dragging that out. He's not in line anyway. So that's what's going on in the heavyweight division. So hopefully we see more movement uh, there. All right, Chris, a lot of fights made. Uh, we're going to go through them. A lot of fights are coming through 
and we're getting dates for them. And we'll do a quick uh, yes or no, whether you like them or not. Um, we'll start. I'm going to go thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. Well, we got to say, for those listening, you're, you're going to say thumbs up or thumbs down, okay? How about cash it or trash mm-hmm. it? Oh, okay. We just made up a new segment. Here we go. Spence Thurman, cash it, you, you cashing it or you trashing it? Cash it. I like it. I'm going to trash it just for the whole spectacle that it was and what everything we talked about before that we're not getting. I get that. The Crawford fights at 154. It makes no sense at all. I'm going to trash it, even though I do like the matchup. Wood versus Lara. Ooh. Cash it, man. I'm going with Lara. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fun. Bronco Lara versus uh, Lee Wood. Lee Wood's going from the Mick Conlon thriller right to Bronco Lara. Mauricio Lara was a freaking beast. February 18th. I'm cashing the hell out of that one. Fulton Figueroa, too. February 25th. It's going at a different weight class. They're fighting at 126. I will cash that because the first fight was so exciting. Don't like that it's at 126, but this is like a similar situation to Spence Thurman Crawford situation where they're going up in a weight class because they simply can't make the weight anymore. I'm cashing that one. How about you? I'm trashing that one because I don't get Inouye versus Fulton now because Fulton's going to 26 and Inouye's going to 22. I really wanted to see that fight, and I thought it was a good fight to make next for Fulton. So I'm trashing it based on that. Even though Fulton said, uh, I, I still, there's still a chance I go down to 122 to fight in a way. Yeah, he mean, might. It, just... It's easier to it's it's easier to jump up and down in those smaller weight classes, yeah. sure. But I, I'd be I'd be surprised. Biggest money fight for him would be in a way at 122. Yes. Uh, March 4th. This is three weeks in a row. So Lara, February 18th. Fulton Figueroa, February 25th. March 4th. Jack Taylor. That's not, that's not his name at all. Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall, too. You cashing it or are you trashing it? Cashing it because we need we need to clear up that first fight. Mm-hmm. It, it was way too close, way too controversial. Um, and there's so much time has passed. Almost a year. It's, it's so far in the rear view. So many stupid things have changed, have happened in, in between. Mm. So... Um, you know, I'm I'm catching it based on the fact that it, it's it, it needs to happen, but I it, I feel like I want to trash it just because it's taking this long. But no, I'm I'm cashing it because it is finally happening. I'm cashing it because I want to see it. I thought Catterall won the first fight. I think Taylor will win this one. He's more focused, not taking him for granted. Has less distractions. It's in his hometown. Uh, Taylor's gonna win that one. Uh, this one just came through the wire. April eighth, Shakur Stevenson, uh, fighting Shuichiro Yoshino. I know it's not a common name for, for fight fans, but he's coming off of two pretty good wins over Nakatani. Uh, had another good win at 135. It's got some pop. Uh, it's a title eliminator in the WBC for Stevenson. Regular ESPN, April 8th, cash, trash. Cash because I love Shakur Stevenson. I love. I, I, I want to see him progress and, and go on, and it's free on ESPN. One, this next upcoming one, March 25th, Jose Ramirez, Richard Comey, trashing the hell out of this. Trash, trash, trash. Throw it in the trash. Don't look at it. Maybe you want to watch it. Go ahead. But I'm trashing it. Um, Ramirez turned down the fight with Progray. Didn't like the split. He's going to be fighting now in his hometown where he sells a lot of tickets. But you're fighting Richard Comey. No, we love Richard Comey. I know he's one of your friends. It's my, it's my guy. Lo- it's one my of the boy. nicest guys you'll ever meet in boxing. But That's absolutely true. I mean, Jose Ramirez is... Is they're on different trajectories, the two of these guys. You're going from fighting Progray for a world title to fighting Richard Comey. I, I don't understand that. I know the money wasn't right for Ramirez, but the alternative is is you just lost your you know lost it in line. 
for a title. So I'm I'm trashing it. I can't trash my man Comey. <laughs> you got too many ties <laughs> to these guys. I can't. Yeah, I mean uh, him especially. I mean I I, I love Richard. I, I can't I can't trash one of his fights. I, I want him. I want to see him fight. I know he wants to fight. He's always clamoring for the next opportunity, and he can get it. He, I know Ramirez is a name. Um, you know I think it's a very tough fight for Richard. I, I don't like the, the style matchup specifically, um, but. You know, it's 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 an opportunity for for Richard to to shock the world once again. So he I gotta, could beat I gotta him, catch my my guy. Like Jose Ramirez, yes, he like he has such strange outings, such strange performances where he mm-hmm. he can look like a world beater, and then he he'll fight down to his competition, and then he finds himself in a, in a very like split decision type of fight. So I wouldn't put like obviously Ramirez. He almost is lost be, a postal. Exactly. Like Ramirez will be a favorite, but like call me a live dog in that one. All right, final one: cash or trash. Rebesi Ramirez, Isaac Dogbay, love this fight at featherweight. I think Rebesi's got next. I think Top Rank's going to get behind this guy. Dogbay's been around for a while. It's on regular ESPN. Cash, cash, cash all day long. Cash that one. Take it all the way to the bank. That's a good fight. Rebesi Ramirez is is a stud. I agree. I think he's he's got next. Um, very, very talented. Getting better. I like the way that Top Rank has been moving him. You know, uh, when he fought Abraham Nova on paper, it looked like a mismatch looking at the records, and then he ices him. Gets a highlight real knockout of an undefeated prospect. Very, very good fight. Um, I, I like I like the progression so far from uh, Ramirez, so I'm, I'm happy to see him stepping up his, his count. Yeah, featherweight's a division that is red hot. You know, we talked about Wood Conlon uh, last year. We talked about Conlon wants to get back in there and try to win a title. Wood versus Lara, Josh Warrington. There's a ton of names at, at Featherweight that I'm probably leaving out to, but Bessie Ramirez, I think, has got all the talent in the world, despite losing his debut, which is interesting. Yeah. Wild to think about, especially being a multiple-time Olympian, uh, coming with the amateur pedigree that he had, to, to lose his pro debut to sub. I think it was a four-rounder, guy. right? Four-rounder, yeah. Well, yeah, that guy's then, a uh, local legend now, whoever beat him. And that guy's like... Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, remember you used to box, bro? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I beat Bessie Ramirez, an Olympian. Yeah, and it takes a big giant chug of a butt heavy. Uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, Rosendo Roro, he beat Donaire early in his career. Donaire's first loss early, early in his career, he beat, he beat him early on, and uh, he only you know he had a couple profiles. I think he was undefeated actually, but he was he's actually become a good coach. Works with a lot of MMA guys, but uh, that was that was that was the claim to fame. He he had beaten Donaire first. Love it. That's our show this week. Nice tidy program. Uh, boxing world really starting to it's starting to turn a little bit. The tires are turning, getting fights we want, getting fights we don't want. Always something to talk about. Hopefully next time we're joined, Ryan and Tank are are, to, are making a fight. We have a fight announcement. Uh, safe travels to up to Verona. You'll be on the call, with Christina Poncher. I'm that's the the fights I'll be watching this weekend over on uh, ESPN Plus. Any any final words, Mr. Algieri? No, no, no. Make sure you guys tune in. Boxing is alive and well. We have a new year. Hopefully, the year is going to start. It's starting to be great, just like last year. Hopefully, it ends that way as well. Remember, as always, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times and stay out of those DMs. We out. We out.